you have happened upon the voice of the true resistance. Whether purposely or by accident, you are welcome here. No matter your political belief, you are welcomed here. My purpose is to voice my opinions on current events, promote civilized discourse, and hopefully do my part in reining in the extremism displayed by all sides. Start transmission. Greetings. Before we start, I have a correction. Last episode, I gave a wrong reference for the Communist Chinese Security Agency. I call them the MSA, but actually they're called the MSS, which stands for Ministry for State Security. This week was my first week back at work since the end of March. While going through my extensive backlog of work-related emails, I learned some horrible news. A friend of mine had passed in May, and this was the first I was hearing of it, though the email was dated June. I learned later the circumstances of his death were horrific. It seems he was a murder victim. Though he described his political beliefs as just left of Karl Marx, we agreed to disagree, and he being a U.S. Marine and Vietnam combat vet who bled for this country... He deserved respect and whatever political outlook he wanted. So rest in peace, Dwight, co-worker, fellow war vet, and good friend. You will be missed. About all the hoopla from the left about the unconstitutionality of federal officers arresting these Marxists in Portland. Federal officers take an oath like the military. You swear to defend the country against enemies, foreign and domestic, and they will be coming to a democratic-controlled city near you. Democratic politicians and leftist celebrities have again joined forces to blame President Trump for the coronavirus pandemic. While this in itself is nothing new, They seem to be piling on with this narrative even harder lately. I don't think people will forget that when the president first closed the country to Chinese travelers, he was labeled as racist and xenophobic, while Nancy Pelosi and Bill de Blasio went to their respective Chinatowns and told citizens to come on down. It was safe, no matter what the administration was telling you. The hypocrisy is sickening. Newsmax. Biden staffer under fire for pigs tweet about cops. Staffer who works for the campaign for the Democratic Party's presumptive nominee, Joe the Ghost Biden, deleted an anti-police tweet from her account following an inquiry from Fox News. Sarah Pearl, who claims to be the supervising producer, whatever that means, for Biden's campaign, tweeted for people not to call police pigs because pigs are highly intelligent and empathetic animals who would never racially profile you. These are the kind of radical left-wing people that work for the senile old man's campaign and who will influence his policies if he succeeds in getting elected. Epic Times 
U.S. sanctions for China-based individuals firm over fentanyl. The United States announced sanctions against four China-based individuals and a company run by a Chinese drug kingpin, Zhang Fujing, for links to trafficking in fentanyl. The agency I work for started seeing these shipments from Mr. Fujing years ago from China, actually using his real name. They were shipped in foil containers, and the fentanyl was in powdered form. The problem back then was, by manipulating the formula slightly, the powder wouldn't test at the labs for fentanyl. When the current administration came to power, government labs were beefed up and refocused on stopping these shipments. Fujing's organization then started concealing the shipments in various household products, but still used the same set of shipping addresses. President Trump had a meeting with Chinese dictator Xi, who promised to crack down on the illicit trade. After that, we stopped seeing shipments direct from China, but started seeing the drug transshipped from countries like Canada and Kenya. So Xi's words were meaningless. Mr. Fujing would not be able to run his operation without the consent of the Chinese Communist Party. BBC News U.S. arrests three Chinese nationals for visa fraud. FBI agents have also interviewed people in 25 U.S. cities who have an undeclared affiliation with China's military. Federal prosecutors say it's part of a Chinese plan to send army scientists to the U.S. Members of the Chinese People's Liberation Army apply for research visas but fail to report their true affiliation and intentions. Listen, our generous visa systems are being abused every minute of the day. Our overseas consulate workers responsible for the processing of these visas are either citizens of the host country, naturalized U.S. citizens formerly from the host countries, or just plain corrupt. The whole FJ and especially the H series visa programs need to be revamped. Again from Epic Times, Chinese consulate in San Francisco harbors a wanted military researcher, FBI says. The Chinese consulate in San Francisco is harboring a visiting Chinese researcher who was interviewed by the FBI and faces federal charges over concealing her ties to the Chinese military to obtain a visa, according to a court document filed on July 20th. It's time we limit the number of these spy hubs that the Chinese are allowed to open in our country. Yes, the CCP will retaliate with the closures of our own consulates in their country, but we don't have much of an intelligence network in place in China. Thanks to a CIA trader some years back. So the CCP has more to lose than we do. Here's an update. The wanted researcher has been taken into custody. Continuing with BBC News, Chinese consulate in Houston ordered to close by U.S. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the decision was taken because China was stealing intellectual property. This came after the U.S. Department of Justice accused China of sponsoring hackers who had been targeting labs developing COVID-19 vaccines. Two Chinese nationals, 
who allegedly spied on U.S. research companies and got help from state agents for other thefts, have been charged. Those agents were probably based out of the Houston consulate, hence the order to close it. Folks, it's about time we see the CCP for who they really are, the enemy. I bet some of the money being used to fund BLM and Antifa are coming from these consulates, along with the Confucius Institutes. Breitbart, Michelle Malkin, others assaulted by Antifa at pro-police rally in Denver. Conservative author Michelle Malkin and other conservative activists were violently attacked by Antifa and Black Lives Matter supporters at a back the Blue Rally in Denver, Colorado. In a statement, Ken Uccinelli, acting deputy secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, called the violence outrageous. Quote, These tyrannical left-wing anarchists hate free speech. If you do not agree with them, they believe you must be beaten down, literally. While I mostly agree with the secretary, I think these are not anarchists, they are Marxists. I watched a video of this attack. They put women in front just in case the victims mounted defense. Then they would claim the, the innocent, peaceful women protesters were the victims. One of the so-called peaceful females was welding a collapsible metal baton, which is considered a deadly weapon akin to a knife or firearm and is illegal in most states. Other attackers have longboard skateboards they use to inflict injuries to their targets. The so-called counter-protesters, who are really rioters, outnumbered the back-the-blue people by at least two to one. How are Antifa able to raise so many people and organize them in such a quick manner? Who's funding them? I hope our federal government is looking into this hard. I wouldn't back the police in Denver as it seemed they have already been neutered in that city and did nothing to prevent the violence against the people rallying in their support. No arrests were made of the attackers, though there is plenty of video evidence to do so. Folks, these violent rioters have only one purpose, and that's to overthrow the duly elected government of the United States. Part of the strategy to do so is to take away your rights to peacefully demonstrate and voice your opinion. Zero Hedge Facebook platforms former employee who questioned BLM slash diversity narrative. I've watched the YouTube channel of this former Facebook employee, Patrick Hsu, and he kind of comes off as a disgruntled former employee, but he makes good points. His problem with Facebook is efficiency, not anti-diversity. He claims the because of the diversity policies in place, more problems are caused than are solutions. After being deplatformed, he accused Facebook of, quote, maybe trying to swing the election again. He's probably correct. The purge continues. According to DailyDot.com, Facebook and Twitter purge major QAnon accounts. Twitter and Facebook have taken down thousands of accounts associated with QAnon as part of a crackdown on the, quote, far-right conspiracy theorist. A quote from a spokes-it from Twitter said, 
We will take a strong action on behavior that has the potential to lead to offline harm. Yet these platforms continue to host Antifa and BLM, whose conspiracy theories do result in offline harm. Personally, I've never followed QAnon, but by taking this action, it makes me wonder if maybe those accounts were onto something. And now I do want to see what they have to say. Update. Add TikTok to the list of social media platforms banning QAnon accounts. Something's going on there. Epic Times. Trump signs order excluding illegal immigrants from census numbers used for congressional districts. Well, this is common sense. Illegal aliens don't deserve to be representative nor used to gain representation for the states they reside in. The opposition to this comes from the Democratic Party, which would see more power shift to the states they already control and perhaps gain power in the states that they don't. Overseas News According to the naturalnews.com website, a UK study shows COVID-19 antibodies fade quickly, rendering vaccines pointless. It seems researchers at St. Thomas's National Health Service Foundation Trust found that the COVID antibodies developed by patients with the disease decreased within a few weeks after the onset of symptoms. This means people could become reinfected after recovering from the sickness. Well, this kind of points to this virus being man-made, as the, quote, far right-wing conspiracy theorists have been saying since January. Being a New York Yankees fan, I tuned into the first game of the season expecting the worst. While Everyone took a knee in support of communism, I mean uh, Black Lives Matter. None did so during the playing of the national anthem, at least not at that game. I also watched Fauci throw a horrible opening pitch. But he's not the first one, nor the last one that will do so. This worship of this Marxist organization is creepy, and for those players who think they're just supporting Black Lives Matter versus any other races... It's still to me weird. I have to ask the question, why do only black lives matter? Speaking of which, I'm a fan of Michael Savage. He has a radio and a podcast called Savage Nation, which comes out three times per week, and lately he's been on fire. He's really taken off the gloves when it comes to Antifa and BLM since getting that threatening email I mentioned in the last episode. He's coined a term, My Life Matters, in response to this BLM nonsense. Give him a listen. I think you'll find it informative and entertaining. Editorial Snopes, you heard of them? They, be ha they have become the go-to fact-checking site for media organizations like CNN, MSNBC, and, of course, my favorite rag, the New York Times. What it is is a website run from the home of its founder, David Mickelson. Mickelson started the website along with his ex-wife in 1994 as a urban legend dictionary website. After an injection of funding from various GoFundMe campaigns and investments, including one from Christopher Richmond, founder of that far-left site Salon, between 2014 and 2017, 
this website became the fact-checking source of the MSM. Now, why would such a well-financed news organization such as CNN or the New York Times need to rely on a website to do fact-checking? Shouldn't that be their job? If you combine this with the fact that the fact-checkers that Snopes employs have no editorial oversight and don't follow standard journalistic procedures to arrive at their conclusions, and also that uh, there's no screening process for hiring these people or evaluations to see if they have any conflicts of interest. While I don't believe this is part of any plan to distort news reporting, I do believe it represents a symptom of the state of modern journalism in this country. Instead of fact-driven journalism, we are getting agenda-driven journalism where emotions override impartiality, resulting in skewed versions of events being reported on. No context is given, and only snippets that support the agenda are shown. Combine this with the clickbait headlines geared towards driving ad revenue up, and you've got yourself a false narrative. If you want to find out the real story on anything being reported, you have to use multiple sources from all sides of the political spectrum to be able to arrive at a comprehensive summary of what has actually happened. The state of modern journalism is so terrible that it's just sad. Modern journalists no longer beat the streets interviewing people for facts about a story. They rely on social media, various wiki articles, and sites like Snopes to do basic fact-checking. And that, my friend, is why the mainstream media cannot be trusted. What do you think? Well, the music is playing, which means it's time to go. Thank you for listening. I hope this provoked thoughts and not just emotions. You can contact me at nnopodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay safe and open-minded. This concludes today's episode. Take care, guys. End transmission.